The Social, Psycho, Confabulation, with Ben, and, Mr. A. All that to say this. <laughs> I was watching over the shoulder of somebody scroll through TikTok, and this video came up where they're doing that thing, where they're like using somebody else's audio, but they're moving their own mouths. So, I feel so stupid. Okay. They're lip syncing. Yes, literally. I think that's the whole concept of TikTok. I'm not really sure though. But um, what they're saying is, so there's, so what I'm trying to say is there's one of these things, I don't know what they're called, like audios, trends, TikTokies, I don't know. But the thing that they say in the TikToks are, so next time the government, somebody tells you that the government wouldn't do that, just know, yeah, they would or, or something like that. But they just lip sync over somebody else. I don't know what the original video was. Oh, okay. okay. But so someone said that and other people are listening. So other people will this. put that and an over. So, and then at the same time that they're saying that, they'll like put up a blurb or something like text. Okay. Of something the government did for example but there's other ones that's just this is they're not all like conspiracy nefarious this is just one i saw and i was like what but i could tell the guy was lip syncing it very badly and i'm like so wait what he had a tinfoil hat on it was very weird it was content you know like it's meant for mostly entertainment but this is what the guy said and we're going to look it up right now lifetime so i don't accidentally sound like an idiot in case he was totally wrong lifetime exactly yeah well there's a lot of stuff like that i feel like I was listening to a very mainstream podcast yesterday. Uh, it's called This Week in Startups, which is by this guy, Jason Calcanis, and his co-host, Molly Wood. Was this a podcast about startups or something? Yeah, the podcast oh, okay, is about okay. startups. So he like, it's about news related to startups. So he's like a journalist. And he talks about what's going on in startups. He's now an angel investor. He was a journalist, Jason Calcanis. But anyway... It's very mainstream, you know, it's like business and these people are very typically politically uh, correct, but neutral-ish, maybe slightly liberal, nothing. Like the kind of people that are like, we'll comply without saying, we don't actually agree or disagree, we just comply because it's good for business. (laughs) Yes, that's (laughs) how you would characterize them. Um, But recently, even they were like, they had an episode yesterday where they were like, okay, Everything I'm looking into is like a conspiracy. Everything seems true. I'm not even into conspiracies. I don't know what the hell's going on. Because they were talking about the JFK uh, papers that have been released by the CIA. Uh, And they were like, why aren't all the papers being released? And then they were talking about Area 51 and like this book this lady had written. And then she was talking about all this weird shady stuff that was going on at Area 51. And then the government basically pilloried her and said like you don't know what you're talking about and it was so strange and i was like all of it was very disturbing but i feel like uh yeah that's the state of things right now i'm like uh what's going on why can't anybody trust the government why has the government lost trust with everyone here's my hot take on this before we get into the oatmeal and that is not a figure of speech (laughs) if it was i don't know what it means (laughs) this might be over a lot of people's heads i'm not insulting I'm just saying I've been way deep into conspiracy land before and possibly currently. Yeah, it's more like it's way under your feet. Yeah, I'm so deep. This take is basically me popping out the other side and becoming an anti-conspiracy theorist. Because now that conspiracy theory is mainstream, I have to find something else to be. Oh, my God. 
just kidding. I'm just I always have to be on the edge. <laughs> the, the cutting edge. I always have to be wrong to the majority, but right to the, to in reality. Okay, so I think there is something super, super, super meta going on with conspiracy theories. Now, bear with me, but do you know where who in, even invented conspiracy theories? No like in, invented the term conspiracy theory at all. Yeah, no, I have no idea. The CIA on the record. There's a there, it's on the record. They're That's like the etymology of conspiracy. Yeah, they're theories. like we've got to call these people conspiracy theories. This is the term we need to use. And basically combine that with like tinfoil hat, cuckoo people, alien people, and you could you could attach a lot of shit to it basically. So I think it was actually come up with because they come up with this at the time of the Kennedy assassination stuff. So they're like, we got to oh, figure this out. Full circle. So they basically needed a way just to discredit people that were like, something's wrong. Like hmm. this isn't what happened. And that was immediate there. And have you seen this new video, by the way, just side note of Kennedy. I don't know if it's deep fake or what, but of him getting shot by the driver of the car what okay i've seen this video i do not know if it's real but it looks pretty real and i'm like why have i never seen this before kennedy you know the famous fit clip they're going down the fucking road whatever right, they're in the car with the roof down or whatever right. and jackie acts weird right she not weird but it's questionable she tries to jump out of the car kinda out of the back of the car you know like she kind of gets remember that but if you watch the film it's a little weird you're like where is she you're trying to because the, the question always is where's the bullet coming from the grassy knoll the book depository right, from over here from over there there's more debate. than one yeah so this video it's pretty clear if it's real the guy just goes like this he just pulls a gun right out of his something basically sets it on his own shoulder pointing it behind him looks back Boom, blast him right in the face. That's very disturbing. I don't know about I don't know. I'm just surprised you haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Wow. This stuff really makes me feel weird. It goes into my meta theory, though. Okay, so first of all, where did that come from? Right? Where did this new video come from? Why have we never seen it? That's okay, fine. Put that aside. 9-11, right? Everyone knows... That there's the official story and that there's the conspiracy theory and everybody's favorite. Like, so when you try to like, when people that are conspiracy theorists try to come at you and like wake you up, you know, with like 9-11 stuff, like, let me they tell you, you and let me tell you about 9-11, dude, have you not heard of building seven? Rocket okay. fuel can't melt steel beams. Rocket fuel, rocket fuel can't melt steel beams. There's a lot to that there's too. There's so the, many. There's things. the Israeli oh art students, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Get lost. My point is, I'm making a meta point. I'm not telling you about the conspiracy. I'm just giving you the bare minimum here. People love to focus on Building Seven, right? It's like, what is Building Seven? Okay, well, what is 9/11? 9/11. These planes flew into these two, the twin towers, the two twin towers of the world trade centers got hit and then another building fell that day is building seven there's some weird footage like they're gonna blow it get out get out back up back up 
and then it goes down. They're like, oops, quinky dink, or they don't really say a lot about it. It's really weird. It's not like even, I don't even think it gets, ad- gets addressed. It's like a structural fire or something in the official reports. It's very weird. But many years later, somebody brought to my attention that there's a building six. Didn't know about it. Guess what? It also came down that day. Nobody, it's like, it's like conspiracy of the conspiracy theory. You know, it's like even another level deeper. Okay, so what's my point? My point is that the Building 7 narrative came out immediately after 9-11, basically. Within a, within a very short amount of time, with a very short few years, a lot of people had gotten this Building 7 narrative. But just as shocking would be the Building 6 narrative that nobody knew about. How would that happen? Why would that happen? It's like it comes, the information is basically the same source. You know, it's the same kind of information. It seems almost impossible that you would discover one fact without discovering, like you discovered building seven, but missed building six for 20 years. Nobody, still nobody knows about building six. It's not in the, this is a contradiction, but the mainstream quote unquote conspiracy theory and that's broad and it's very rarely brought up. Could it just be though, like investigative journalism? Like you don't, you discover new facts or like connecting the dots and that takes a long time. You know, you don't know what events are related to one another and lots of things happen all the time. And so relating them to one another in a coherent narrative actually takes, you know, a while. Yeah, but it was never even a data point. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's a lot of data points. The Pennsylvania flight, Building one, building two, building seven, the Pentagon, that's it. To miss building six in the grand arc of conspiracy narrative is actually more implausible. It's like more ridiculous to me that you would find out about it 20 years or more after all the other stuff was found out about it when it's not like a different kind of fact. It's it's an identical fact. It's like, just change building six, just one over number seven to number six. You know, it's like, it's such a small mm. leap. It's not like, oh my God, we forgot to look that direction. You know, it's like, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So my meta narrative here is that there's, there's something weird going on where like the government is like the quote unquote government is like sort of kind of getting conspiratorial. They're starting to kind of let, like slowly let the conspiracy stuff out. There's some conspiracies like Building 7, which is conspiratorial, but it's like approved conspiracy. Whereas like, where's Building 6? Is that approved? We don't know. You know, it's like, it's just shocking to find out I didn't know about this other fact. And it starts to make you think that the conspiracies that you that people are being exposed to and believing in possibly by and large are they're being allowed out. It's some kind of weird control. You think they're mechanism. limited hangouts or something. Because, and I try to figure out why would they do that? Like what, what would be the benefit? But we know the CIA kind of invented the term conspiracy theory. So you kind of like made the group in a way like here they are, everybody that wants to be one, get in the basket, you know, get in the basket. But why do they do that? And I started thinking, you know, it actually is a really interesting way and perhaps extremely, 
uh, effective way of getting people to turn on their own represent representatives, their own government, like kind of collapse itself to a certain extent by, you know, that the government is this megalith. It's like the, the mechanism through which like corrections by and large. Sure. Community action. Right. The only, it's kind of like the collective action arm, you know, and well, it's that's interesting. And, it, and it does a lot of stuff, you know, like takes a lot of your money. It like, you know, it's always for your benefit, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have like these factions and one of them is like conspiracy theorists. And the more and more people they can slowly rope into that over time, you know, you don't want to do it all at once. You want to kind of like gradually. So everything's got to be a little vague. It's good if it's like kind of hard to figure out. It's actually good if the official, all you really have to do to create a conspiracy theorist is make the official story not really make all that much sense. Like just don't explain it well enough, you know? Like Area 51, perfect example. What's there? We don't know. It's classified. Can't tell you. Oh my God. We know what it is. You know, it's like conspiracy. You know what? They're doing something they don't want us to know. It's like, well, of course they are. They said that. Like they said, we don't want you to know. You can't know. And people are like, fucking aliens, you know, or whatever it is. It gets crazy. Yeah. So it's like the 9-11 commission report. Like just don't mention building seven, building six. Don't mention like how the fires brought down the building. Just it's a, it's like, it's like barely a report. And you're like, it just leaves all these people that like are into that kind of thing to go, oh my God, they're covering it up. And that, I don't know, to me, there's something fishy about how conspiracy culture is becoming a little bit more mainstream. It's something yeah. weird there. I mean, there's definitely something weird there. I don't know if it's natural, organic, if it's being, you know fuel to the fire by some group of people who have a vested interest in that. I don't know. Though I will say I agree with you on the one point. I think it's sad to me, I guess, and I think it's at our own peril that we assume that government is all bad and decide to tear down the whole institution. It's like you don't tear down a house when you got a hole in the wall. You know, like you fix the hole. You you know, things are fine. Like the structure, the foundation, it's good. We just need to repair this hole. Okay. I feel like people have a tendency to see problems like a wall's broken or, you know, this thing's out of place and be like, we need to tear down the whole thing. And that's the kind of thinking that I'm like, that seems really dangerous and truly yeah, exactly. chaotic. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like that could be, I guess my point is like, that might actually be like, why, there's an arm of conspiracy culture that is completely contrived and controlled by probably something, what they call controlled opposition, which like Alex Jones might be Joe Rogan might be, I don't know. They don't have to be controlled even like knowingly. It could also be like tacit cooperation, like a duopoly, you know, like Coke and Pepsi, you know, rival with each other, but it's also to their own benefit. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how coordinated that necessarily has to be, but it's kind of like, you know, this is both for us, you know, sort of like the way the parties work, like the Republicans and Democrats, as much as they hate each other, it's like they also get something out of the other's existence. So there's stuff like that. But you were going to say something about oats. We have ventured a far away from oatmeal and TikTok. Actually, we have not really moved that far away because remember, we started with this TikTok explanation of this trend. It's a very persuasive pseudo argument it's kind of a fallacy but it's kind of true some fallacies hold a little bit of 
reality, I think. Like logical fallacies, like, you know, oh, well, they lied before, they'll lie again. That kind of thing. It's like, it's not, it's an argument, but it like requires a little bit of consideration. Like, you know, once a liar, always a liar. Like, you know, you have to like make some assumptions mm-hmm. here. Like if the government would do this and like, you also have to assume that like the government is like kind of uniform. One and see, yeah, one, one person. Or- so there's a little bit of, there's a little yeah, bit of yeah. consp- like bad argument in that. But it's still persuasive. Again, makes me think like there's something fishy about this. Like fact, the fact that it's a little bit trending to be like next time somebody says the government wouldn't do that, just remember the government did this, you know. And then they give you some example of some horrendous bullshit, which I, I quote unquote fall for it. Yeah, because I'm that kind of per. I, I do not f- with me, you know, like because I'm so non-confrontational. In a, in a way, you know, like I'll take a lot of shit, but I also won't take a lot of shit. It's like, I'll take a lot of shit and I won't shit you back, but I will, I will stew and I will get very angry and I will fucking write you off, you know? And I, it takes a lot to push me to like actual motivated action in retaliation. And because of that, I think because of that, I fucking hate when people do pull shit on you me you know what i mean like just sure. act right like i try to act right like if i like i sell i don't work for business so when i sell stuff you know like i can try to get people a good deal sometimes it bothers me when like i used to, when i was selling my sawmill people would come at me and they'd be like they didn't even want the sawmill they just wanted to tell me my price was too high well so you can buy it new over here for blah 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 and be like shut the fuck up or they'd say that publicly on the post where i'm trying to sell it like you're just trying to fuck me over and i'm not trying to anyone over i'm tr- well I- it could be that they're trying to enforce you know community norms or what they think is best but that's i think the danger of these yeah things. they're autistic they're horrible people okay i just combined autism and horrible people i don't mean that. yeah uh, you know I what i'm saying like, that sounded not good <laughs> um i don't think you meant that um <laughs> autistic people are horrible people i'm probably yeah. autistic by the way no just kidding um what was i gonna say oh well i think that's the the peril there is that it's a race to the bottom very quickly when you're like, you know, the government can't be trusted. This person messed up once, so they're going to mess up every time and we can't trust them. And I don't see how that devolves. Like I can see easily actually how that devolves into like no one trusting anyone in the whole community, just tearing apart. Well, it's like George Bush said, there's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee that says fool me once. Shame on Shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. Get what I'm saying? But there's like a, it's like a tale. Like that's a saying, you know, it's like a, there's something to that little boy who cried wolf. You know, if you're going to lie to my face, how many times you can lie to my face? And it doesn't have to always be a lie. Sometimes it's not a lie, but you're going to start around. You're going to piss people off if you don't stop lying and you know what happens, I believe when you get, if you want forgiveness for your faults, you know what I think you have to do. And this is a natural human tendency and people know this. You act now that you've up and you got caught, you have to, you have to act even better. You have to atone. Yeah. You have to act even better. So like people that get caught cheating, you better be amazing or off, you know, like you ruined everything. Like, so what are you going to do? You better fix it. You better like, 
and what are they and without even being told people those people get busted because they start acting too nice you know what i mean because it's like oh my god yeah. i gotta act so much better like i'm f-ing, oh like and that's true like it's disgusting because you're groveling on a certain level but it's not really the it's just but it's like the best you've got so you you up big time you better not up again that's what i'm saying Anyways, well, I think it's like you run, you know, on one hand, it's like the danger of hope or the danger of trust, like the people that can hurt you the most are the people that you trust the most. And that's, you know, the risk of trust, maybe. But then on the other hand, you have a non-productive society where you don't trust anyone. You're always kind of suspicious. Um, and that doesn't work either. So it's like you have to find. Well, that that's different balance. because in society, it's made up of a, a bunch of different people. So I don't have to, if you lie to me, or sorry, if that other guy lies to me, I don't then think you're lying to me. There's lots of different factors. The way that we're connected right, is very right, different. Right. Like, okay, you're my brother. He looks like this. You look like that. He does these types of things. You do these types of things. People say these things about him. People say this thing about you. And sometimes not all of those components are there. It's give and take. Yeah, but I but we there's like this there's a knowing there's a kind of a not really but basically an infinite amount of connections out there, and there are people that you encounter, and you know what you group them together in a certain way at a certain point you meet enough people that are like a certain way, and guess what sometimes those people start getting a bad reputation, used car dealers, you know what I mean <laughs> lawyers you know you're like yeah you guys are gross most of the time like. Jeez. Sure. We have stereotypes for just about any kind of person. <laughs> right. And their connection, it's like, what are they really? Well, what are they really? They're just like greedy, lying. It's like all these things that you could, in ways you could f- people over, like not be kind of cool with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the thing with the government is it's like, from, for all intents and purposes, from our perspective, from the average working human person's perspective, who doesn't really give a f- about all the government bullshit that they're up to, which is all corrupt. Obviously, otherwise it wouldn't be such a busybody organization. Everyone's getting their excuse my language. We're just gonna beep all this out. I know, everyone's getting gonna be a lot of beeps in this episode. Everyone's getting <laughs> social psycho. <laughs> You're over there being nice and social. I'm over here like trying to alienate the world. Um, what was I saying? Because I've got a point here. It all trust me. It all segues at once Cheer, into God. the oatmeal. So let's just. Keep well, you were going. talking about grouping people together. Oh, right, right. So the all intents and purposes to, to each individual person, the government is singular. You know what I mean? Because it acts a certain way and does a certain thing. So there's like a set of parameters. So like to get the moniker used car salesman piece of shit or whatever you want to call them, first you have to be a used car salesman. Not always. Sometimes you're so horrible like that that people will be like, dude, you're like a used car salesman. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying your government you're paid for by our money however you think of government people think that's my taxpayer dollars or that's the whatever the enforcement arm of or the whatever you know and the more you know yeah it gets a little bit more broken down into bit legislative executive even further down for local judicial yeah, yeah i mean all that stuff is there but ultimately you interact with government you have a certain kind of experience okay it's slow, cumbersome, expensive, annoying, illogical, oppressive, you know, just it's an abrasive institution to even when you're trying to get something 
like taxes. It's all just horrible. The experience with government is horrible. So to us, it's obvious that you can, you just go, you people are used car salesmen. You suck. Okay. You got, you government people are all the worst. I don't know what causes it. In an institution, we know like where you work, you could have a toxic work environment. It was just horrible. There's companies that suck. Why do they suck? One, because they can and then get away with it. And they still be, and they're so profitable. And number two, the actual cause is some kind of leadership problem, most likely. I mean, wouldn't you say like if you got a bad manager? Like you can have like it. Things go bad quick. Well, yeah, I was gonna say just as the meme of like, or just as prevalent as the meme of bad government is the meme of bad companies and corporate bullshit, you know. And I think, oh yeah, exactly. Like my read on that is there's like, words for it. Yeah, one, bad leadership, but two, it's like people just kind of suck sometimes. You know, it's hard to get together. Yeah, sometimes things yeah. are hard to do. Like it's probably hard to pull off, especially because it's so, quote unquote, for the people, by the people. So it is a little bit of a conundrum with government right? because it's like, what's the answer? Well, there is more to that story and it's get, get off your ass then because you can make a difference. As far as the way it operates, like these are corrupt, crooked ass people a lot of times, but they actually have to f operate within a system. And that system actually was designed, it seems, with checks and balances. And it seems that all of the growth of government over time has been workarounds for that back, but back and forth, checking each, you know, rewriting the checks and balances. Exactly. They're like, well, we'll do it this way. We'll do it. But Executive orders, you know, yes. but that, but there's mechanisms all over the place and you, we just ignore We're just not good citizens. We, if, as far as a democratic society is concerned, whether democracy is good or bad, I don't know. I'm just saying that we don't, we suck at it. The people that you run it, you're like, why are they all crazy people? Sure. Well, maybe you know? it's just hard, you know, it is. It's, it takes a certain kind of person, just like a lot of surgeons are kind of weird you know you're just like what's wrong with you but it's like once you have to once you cut open like a thousand bodies it's probably has some effect on you obviously but and you have to be trained to be able to do that a lot of times and it probably pulls in a certain personality type hard workers a type personalities and maybe a little tiny bit sociopathic well, you definitely have to be. I mean, I was recently listening to something. It's like you have to have less, a little less empathy sometimes in certain jobs. Like empathy is not good for all jobs. And surgeon was one example they mentioned. Totally. Because it's like you got to be able to cut people open. And that's a good thing. But you don't want to have, you know, no empathy. Because at some point, if the patient's like in a lot of pain, you want to also be responsive to that. Or if you mess if you mess up while you're doing it, like you need to try really, really hard to correct it. Not just go, ah, fuck it, next you know, right, right, and right. and what caused? And a lot of times, the the correction for a sociopath that would say, "I just can't let him die," the corrective mechanism there, the check on that power is, I I could sue you if I want to. Accountability, responsibility, yeah. right? You could get, I can hurt. You can get hurt by up, basically, right? By you could let me hang on, redo. You can get hurt by screwing up. We'll cut out the other one. There's so many f words in here. I, I know, don't sorry. even know how we're gonna get them all out. I'm so tired. So. <laughs> This is, we're doing great here because I think we're doing a good job of giving, I think we're doing a good job of giving the topic it's due, especially on like a, a blue pill, red pill kind of balance scale here. Sure, so, okay. But so let me just, all Are this we finally going to get to the oatmeal. end? Back to oh, the oatmeal. Are we ever going to get back to the right oatmeal? Right now it's happening. Okay. This is from the New York Times. So that means you can totally trust it. Which is hilarious because half the people will say you can't trust it. Other half the people will say. No, I think this just means that you're paying for it because every time I try to read their articles, they're like, you have to pay. And I'm like, I, 
don't you, you know sell what? ads wait like, a second hang what's on. going on here I, i'm noticing right now that if i click away from this i will actually lose this article because all everything on the page is like give us a dollar a week <laughs> see <laughs> so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make it through this article oh it's very short I, it's probably been cut off anyways here's what you, all you need new york times let's see what year is this oh wow okay new york times by the associated press of course january 1st 1998 so I guess they've wow, this is older than me put this out here. Uh, yeah, not it's, it's only slightly younger than me. So that's interesting. Um, that's a long time ago. Okay, here we go. Settlement reached in suit over radioactive oatmeal experiment. A group of wow, look, they used to write so concisely and well and not fluffily. A group of former students. It gets right to the point who ate radioactive oatmeal as unwitting participants in a food experiment will share a $1.80... Oh, sorry. The, the line was split. $1.85 million settlement from Quaker Oats and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Okay, let's read that one more time. Let me just recap. A group of students was fed or were fed... Unknowingly. Unknowingly radioactive material and oatmeal in cahoots with MIT. These are lauded institutions. More than 100 boys at the Fernald School in Waltham, Massachusetts, sorry if you live there and I said that wrong, were fed cereal containing radioactive iron and calcium in the 1940s and 50s. The diet was part of an experiment to prove that the nutrients in Quaker oatmeal travel throughout the body. Okay. And they're splitting a $1.85 million class action settlement. Yeah, so there's, so there's two. Yeah, so my point, this is this is the thing from the TikTok. Next time someone tells you, the government wouldn't do that. Like, people just wouldn't do that. Remember that the government will feed you radioactive oatmeal just to figure something out. MIT isn't the government, though, right? Uh, well, Quaker Oats and the Massachusetts Institute for Technology... I mean, they probably receive some public funding because they're 100%. a state institution. But I guess you could draw a line between academia and the government, even though state institutions are public institutions. Yes. I mean, agriculture, all this is connected. And I don't think the point so much is the government necessarily, although this is quite obviously definitely most likely funded by, I just contradicted myself three times, is most likely funded somehow publicly, you know, to some extent. Sure. Well, it has to get grant money, a lot of these things anyways, to be researched. And it's kind of public research. It's theoretically the question being answered is like a public good. So they would claim. Yeah. Was it activist research, though, or not? I don't know what you would use the term where like Quaker. It said Quaker wanted to find this stuff out. So maybe Quaker was paying for the research. I don't know. Well, they had to have known. So they had to have known this was a problem because let's see. The boys, many of whom were wards of the state and inaccurately classified as mentally retarded, joined the Federal Science Club in the 1940s and early 1950s. So they're already picking like a vulnerable population, less capable of defending itself because they're wards of the state. And you don't choose to, you don't experiment on a prison population because, I mean, what, there's no like explanation. The only explanation that makes sense of why you do that is because... It's kind of like those guys. Easy to take advantage yeah, of. Yeah, screw, screw those guys. Who well, cares? Well, the other thing I was wondering, as you said, I don't even know that. I mean, it sounds bad, radioactive material, but I'm 
don't they, is that like a standard procedure to like give you radioactive substances to see where things go in your body and that's not that that's harmful? That's true. But you do, it? I no, it is harmful. You don't want to do that very often. So like, I remember when Kim was in the hospital for some kind of something weird, you know, it was like, but it was the symptoms were just extreme pain. And they were trying to figure out, there was like all sorts of tests to be run before we ever got to the, we might have to inject you with radioactive material and rush you to an imaging machine to figure out what's going on. Right, right. And there were others. So there was like, there were conversations, I think I remember of like literal, like monetary costs. So like if we do the radioactive thing, whatever it was that we needed to do, we'll know right away. Okay, because I was like, I think that's how chemotherapy works and stuff. Well, yes, chemo- I mean, but chemotherapy look is pretty chemotherapy, intense. It yeah. wrecks you. It wrecks yeah. you. You know, I but mean, I'm not sure why if it's the radiation because they're like, they yeah, it makes your hair radiation. fall out and stuff. I, yeah, but they also give you like things to take. I think to like see where the cancer is and whatnot. And yeah, there's like chemotherapy or radiation I don't know if that therapy part is harmful. Anyway, you're saying though it's pretty harmful. Well, it, it's it's known because the conversation I remember was like. You, you have a pot- potential to save money by doing this now, this radioactive thing now, versus three or four other tests that will kind of help us narrow it down. Like basically it was like, if we take the radioactive stuff, we could take a picture of exactly what we're looking at. If we do these mm-hmm. other ways, we're going to first, let's test your blood. Is there something going on here? Is there something going on there? What's really happening? Eh. You know, th- that that could end up being... And there was also the question of safety of like, you, this is not really something you want to do over and over again. There's co- health consequences. It's just more invasive. It's radio- radiation going through your body. So it, there's something to it. Okay. Anyway. Well, they won the class action lawsuit anyway. So suffice to say, at least someone proved that there was some harm. Yeah. That's the only cop out you could possibly have is to, is to say, well, but they knew, you know, radio- radiation is not that dangerous. Well, it turns out that it was. They found the harm. And it also turns out that they were pulling this off on particular populations that don't really have any other reason of being a representative sample except for the fact that they're not rich, white, suburban lawyers and lawyers' wives, you know, or something. Well, they're easily accessible, but also maybe they're vulnerable. You know, you could have just used college students if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, so anyways, I think accessible. the point here... Let me just continue. let me just read a few little lines. Just see if I'm missing anything vital here. Sixty million dollar lawsuit. Uh, so the lawsuit asserted that the children were tricked into joining the science club to, and to participating in the experiments. That the boys were exposed to more radiation than allowed than allowed under federal limits. Oh, okay. So there we go. So there was some limit. They were given more than. Okay, so definitely some harm there. So Quaker says, "Well, we just gave them the oatmeal." And a quote-unquote small research grant. Okay, so it was funded by Quaker. Yeah, So, but my the point with this one, like we can find similar studies directly linked to the government, but the point with this, like the acid experiments and stuff, but the point here being people will do this kind of thing. So the excuse that like, well, what, they just wouldn't do that is completely ridiculous. It does not even hold up. It's if it's plausible as an explanation, you can't find the evidence for it, basically. So you have to kind of abandon that and say that people are basically good, et cetera, et cetera. It's also weird that 
I'm just going to point this out that the Quaker Oats company denies that it played a large role in the experiment. And it's really weird that you would have an experiment dedicated to figuring out if the nutrients from my product are match the claims that we advertise. And then to go, oh, we didn't really have much to do with this experiment. It's like, it's literally your research, basically. If that's, if you're being honest at all about what you're actually searching for here, then you're a hundred percent responsible for it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like one of those PR legal things. Legal's like, look, this is what you need to say in order to stay protected. Yeah. So it's like that people will do horrible things and lie about it in groups, in in mass. I know. Legal people are like the most unethical people. Like back to the stereotypy thing. Like I think for that precise reason, like oftentimes, and this is another deep rabbit hole you could go down, but like they, because they do things purely for the reason of avoiding legal scrutiny or consequences or harm. And then I think a lot of the things that they do or say, like in this case, like if it was a legal team that was like, look, you need to say this so you avoid legal trouble. It seems unethical, though. Like on the faces of it, it seems like you're lying and you should really just tell the truth. Anyway, though, your point with the oatmeal, what is, how does all this really, this is an old article. It's old and the research from the 50s, which is even more, you might say that's exculpatory, but I think it's actually more condemning because the articles from 20, more than 20 years ago and the article was reporting in a, a lawsuit being reached in 1998 from shit that went down in the 40s and 50s. So that's how slow you're going to be to find out that anything is going on, first of all. Oh, I see. Yeah, because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, one time corporations in conjunction with uh, public publicly funded research institutions at the highest level did really horrible things. And then the, somehow people's can feel okay with that by just making the excuse that, yeah, well, that was a long time ago, as if that is at all relevant. It's like, mm. oh, but that we we dug holes with sticks back then. It's like, what? No, like we were in the, the throes of like industrial revolution stuff at that point, you know, like we were making not even the first steps in the technological advancements that lead led us to our modern society only a few years later from the 50s to now the difference is vast technologically advancement wise but it's also short in the sense that the progress is breaknecking is at a breaknecking pace you know so that kind of stuff i my claim is that that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. still happens all the time all the time we might have just gone through it w once again you know not to make any particular claims but you know well i think Suffice to say, yeah, what's what's changed? I mean, you can say it happened a long time ago, but then it's like, but what has changed since then that would make these things stop happening? Perfect evidence is that we started this by talking, by you were bringing up the fact that that these mainstream guys, for example, in the podcast you're listening to, were like, huh, something's wrong. I read all these conspiracy theories, but then I try to debunk it, and then they're just true. In the pandemic thing, not to say anything controversial, Actually, I won't say anything controversial. I'll just say mainly like mainstream accepted facts at this point, for the most part. I still hear crazy things being said that make no sense, but like get the vaccine to stop the spread, to stop X, Y, or Z. And then you had at that time conspiracy people, so they were called, so they were termed, spreading fake news, saying that 
there actually may be harms from the vaccine saying that it doesn't tr- stop the spread saying you know, so like doctors that would say these types of things were like canceled and now we're actually literally to a point where a lot of the things not to be specific but a lot of the things that the conspiracy people were saying are coming turning out not even coming true they're just turning out to have been true and then it's and that's freaking people out yeah well also not to lump like all the conspiracy people into one group. Like there are definitely things that some people said that were discredited at the time that have now been proved true. So literally there's a whole documentary and I think it was on Netflix, wasn't it? Where that was like the whole pandemic is snake venom in the water. Oh, I didn't hear that, but interesting. I mean, it was mildly compelling, but you're just like, what? Yeah, well, there's definitely like a back and forth because at the beginning, you know, it was government officials and health officials saying like, you know, these people, this fake information, don't trust them. You know, we got to deplatform them or whatever. And other people, you know, the people who are being deplatformed are like, you know, people are wrong, you're lying or whatever. And then it's like they're kind of doing the same thing to each other. Like the health officials are like, you're lying. And they're like, you're lying. And then, you know, it turns out like both people were uh you know, wrong in some sense, but, but it's like, that. that's only when you think about in the aggregate, because some people were correct, like the whole time, you know, like some scientists were told by the government or were discredited by the government and said, you know, these, these people are wrong. And then they ended up being correct. Some people, you know, were just wrong the whole time, like conspiracy theorists. It's like, okay, that was never true. But the government also said some things that were never true. Well, like CNN was, CNN was wrong the whole time. Everyone was wrong. Excuse me. Everyone was wrong the whole time because, and, and one point I'd like to point out here is that the confusion. So when you have institutions like Fox news, CNN, CNBC, ABC, uh, all these different sure. the New York media Times, outlets, mainstream, AJC, all these major, major media outlets that have massive ability to fund massive journalistic endeavors and what you end up with is some I'm trying to say to me cuss words, just BS, you know, like, so what I'm saying here is a confusion that is out there. Like in that way is totally unnecessary. And when you watch CNN or any of these news outlets tr- try to pretend like they're discussing the conspiracy versus the mainstream, that dichotomy actually wouldn't exist between the conspiracy and the mainstream if they were just doing their job because they should be investigating all of it so the mainstream would also be discussing what's currently because it's not discussing it the alternative stream basically right that's the kind of thing i was saying like both sides are kind of doing that it's like you're pinned against the other side no one wants to take this holistic view that like considers well maybe there was some true things that the government was saying maybe there's some true things that the people who were against what the government was saying you know something's true there but the conspiracy people Many, I, I would, I would just make this assertion that many of the conspiracy quote people who were categorized as conspiracy people were more open to the mainstream possibilities. Made in a lab, made not in a lab, released from what? Like there was some conspiracies had the t- that they were called conspiracies were just saying no, it wasn't from a lab. Some cons- that w- at one point that was a conspiracy theory. At one point it was it flip flopped back and forth between being considered a conspiracy theory and being considered a possibility. Just as an example, right? Well, partly as we got more information to like certain more evidence for certain things popped up, less evidence for other things. 
but some stuff here's what this is the example I was going to give with the fact with the statement that the confusion is unnecessary is like the the vaccine approval so it's all this stuff has been done under like the emergency use authorization right right you know like that was like always the thing we that need was to fast said. track the production of these vaccines right and then there was an approval of the quote-unquote Pfizer Comirnaty or Comirnaty I don't know how you pronounce it vaccine that vaccine has never been used here but it's approved but we're still using the original under the emergency use authorization. That seems mildly confusing and perplexing. And you go, well, what, what does it mean? Who, who knows? At the very base, though, what it definitely means is that whatever they're injecting people with is not the FDA-approved pfizer Comirnaty vaccine. And the fact that you the mainstream won't address this just it's just a discussion it creates crazy conspiracy stuff and it makes people like myself who are kind of conspiracy type people it makes us worse and makes us crazier because we have a you know so you give somebody something like this to someone like me and i'm like my god you know like like they're not even giving the effort why, like, there's questions here why okay there's an fda approval why aren't you giving that one out i don't understand and you know what? I think the answer to that question is, this is a conspiracy, but this is just my answer. The approved vaccine would be given out under FDA approval. There's some amount of liability there. But if it's if we just keep continue giving the other vaccine, which we claim, it's the they keep saying it's the same one, it's the same one, it's the same one, it's fine, it's the same exact thing, it's the same exact thing. Well, then quit giving it out under the cover and protection of emergency use authorization and Give the FDA-approved vaccine or CNN, NBC, ABC, Fox, New York Times, Associated Press. Somebody asks the question as a hypothesis and do the research to explain why this is, can they not make enough of it? I mean, what is the issue? What is the problem? My point, I'm not trying to answer the question. I'm trying to say the confusion is absolutely and completely unnecessary. And that's kind of goes along with my whole do they create the conspiracy just by doing a basically bad journalism? Well, could it be like, because I, I guess I could see your point on the one hand saying, I would at least feel better if you at least address some of these things like, hey, we've heard this, you know, maybe you have questions about that, blah, blah, blah. But then maybe people are like, well, we don't know, or maybe certain information would cause a lot of panic or harm and maybe you can question the ethics of that but could it you know could it be that like people just say you know, we don't want this information to share a lot of this information publicly because it would cast a lot of doubts it'd be more detrimental than helpful but yeah i mean i think personally as i'm saying that though it seems highly unethical to be making decisions like that because who are like who's making the decision to say like well this is going to cause more harm than benefit yeah it's like a government like we if the government is what they want it claim and want it to be. It's like the claim is they want, especially on the left or like the, the broader establishment side, it's like you want it to be as quote unquote, apparently what they say is like as democratic as possible. Some people even want direct democracy. Well, that is, there's nothing more direct democracy than mob rule. And if you 
put that in a positive context, which I don't, but if you did, you would say that it's like literally for the people, by the people, direct voting, you know, which is a cumbersome, it's like then everyone has to like vote on like park benches and stuff. Like it's a cumbersome thing and not actually best, but in the sense that that's what everybody's begging for in that context, the government saying they're telling you, you can't know that. It's like, what do you mean? I, you are, I am you. Like I yeah, am the government. Yeah. Like this is a, this is a democracy after all. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I understand classifying information. I guess I understand the arguments. I understand the risk. I understand not wanting to panic people, but I also quite obvious. I think there's evidence in the fact that people won't get panicked. You blew up. Excuse me. Uh, people, cave dwelling people with little pocket knives, blew up the tw- twin towers, and yada yada yada. Extreme panic supposedly should ensue, but all, all that ensued was just people going, "Well, I guess I guess we can go to war." Eh. I mean, it's a big thing to have occurred, but like the kind of pandem- pandemonium that they claim to be trying to avoid doesn't actually ensue and actually it turns out the more you become an obfuscator the more radical people start to react so you end up with things like january 6th whether it was violent or peaceful who not not the point the point is that it's actually pretty impressive to get a shitload of people to show up anywhere so even if they all just showed up and sat down crisscross applesauce in the lawn that would have been a lot you know it's like that's a lot the fact that people show up to like trump rallies or whatever and like masses like that's a lot and i think that kind of participation just as a matter of fact not as a matter of theory in theory maybe it doesn't work out this way but as a matter of fact it does work out this way that the more spooky that term by the way implies weird but also implies like covert operations like you know a spook is like a spy or whatever so like the more spooky you guys start behaving at the top of government media etc the more secretive the more yeah the more active people become so none of the and this is it sounds complicated and convoluted and you're like that's a lot to think of and a lot of like moving parts but i'm saying trust me some like stoner dude who's trying to like start his own business in like a, a, a in a double wide trailer can figure out that there's moving parts um i'm pretty sure at the highest levels of government media academia and people who actually have a vested interest in understanding these things understand it even more than i do even more than we could ever figure out in this conversation i mean after all they know whether or not oatmeal vitamins get into your blood system because of radiation experiments. They know that there's moving parts. They know how people react to certain types of environments. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, maybe. So I'm just saying the fact they're acting in such a, a way that creates this kind of environment that we currently have socially, politically, psychologically, that are negative, detrimental, and that there are peoples and groups that could be held responsible and accountable yeah, well, I think that's something that you see in general. At least I think that's a general criticism of our government currently is this lack of accountability taken or case in point, what you just said about the 
emergency use, it's like a very convenient way to uh, forego accountability because one of the provisions of the emergency use was that the manufacturers of the vaccine would not be liable for any harm that it caused. Uh, and the rationale was that, you know, we had to develop them very quickly and that we didn't know the side effects because we had done long-term testing and whatnot. But I mean, it sets a dangerous precedent. And I think that there's a lot of things that seem to be going like this where the government is sort of eliminating any mechanisms through which it can be held to public account. And, that seems uh, very dangerous for our society. And I don't even mean just dangerous, like tyrannically, like the society could become very controlling and whatnot. I mean, like, it might even topple, like you might propel people into toppling the government, you know, like the January 6th riots or whatever. Like if you start creating an institution that can't be held accountable to the public, you're going to piss people off. People are going to be like, I don't stand for this. This institution doesn't serve me. Let's get rid of it. You know, and that's back to the point we made earlier, which is like, I think a lot of these things easily cascade into this whole institution is broken. Let's tear the whole thing down. And that makes me nervous because I like democracy. Like I like living in America. I like freedom. I like the principles that the country stands for. And if we tore it down, I don't know what, we would replace it with. And some of the things people float around as ideas of what our society should look like, I'm like, I don't know that that's a society I want to live in. I don't think that's a society that most people would enjoy living in. I think other societies have tried those forms of government. I don't think they've gone very well. So, yeah. I mean, I actually I actually do agree with a lot of what you said because I, I think I've thought about it a lot. I, I think like, for example, well, I'll say it this way. the 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 form of government slash society the socio-political environment that i would like is a dramatic departure from anything even remotely resembling what we have now i also i do not want i don't think it should be i don't think it could be implemented overnight i think that I always had this, I've had this idea for a long time. I'm not politically involved anymore, but I used to be when I was younger. I was way into like libertarianism and stuff, a little bit of anarchy. Um, but what I had, and so I had seen problems with the libertarian party. I had seen problems with kind of like the anarchy perspective. And what I determined that I, if I, I kind of thought like, what, what, what is a better solution? And if, and like, how could, how could you get, what, what kind of, I was thinking of it in terms of the political, of a political party. Cause at the time that I was really heavily involved in like part of the libertarian party and like helping, I was like ran a Senate campaign and everything. What I started realizing, it was, oh, my point was, so that was at the time when like a lot of other things were kind of bubbling to the surface. The green party was getting a lot of attention. The constitution party was getting a lot of attention. There were actual like potential parties emerging. This is like, pre-Trump's first run. I was so so I was thinking in terms of like what would a because the libertarians which I was associated with were very there's there's like jokes about it even within the party that like it's just a debate club. The, the problem with libertarians is they don't agree on anything. They're all so contrarian and there's such a, it, what happens in the libertarian movement is the same thing that happens in the the bilateral party system that we have is that you end up with people something called left libertarians and right libertarians. It's this weird thing it even happens in anarchy you get anarcho-capitalists versus the anarcho-communists 
there's like all these different factions that are constantly splitting, which goes along with our last conversation we had about the political chart, authoritarian versus freedom, and then left and right. So that's interesting. So I started thinking, like, what is a non-divisive political stance as a, that a party, like who, what's a party I would vote for every single time? And I came up with one. And the party, the party platform is super simple. It is simply no kind of legislation or anything like that that is additional. Everything will be reduction-based, reduce spending, reduce debt, reduce legislation, de- I'm going to make up a word, I think, decomplexify everything, get rid of bad laws. That's what we need. So like the fact that marijuana is illegal, this is something that I'm pretty sure almost 100% of people are like, just get over it. You know, it should be treated like effing tomatoes. You should be able to plant it in your backyard and grow it if you want. That's the level of regulation that we need. So if we just undo all this crap that's been done, that is my preferred platform, which is why I, I like people like, Rand Paul, Ron Paul, it's all yeah, like, well, maybe. rain this thing back in, rain this monster back in. We are going out of control. If you want to make a difference between the people and the, the people that are in government, we call them us. If I'm standing in their perspective, I'm like, I would sit there and look out at the population and be like, these people, they hate us. Everyone hates us. And though they all think they have different, they think they have different desires, but they really People really don't have different desires. People really do want to be left alone and they want to be allowed to prosper. They want their money to be worth something when they have it. These are all affected. These points are all affected by like politics in a large, in a large way. Yeah. Well, I think that's easy to read a lot of this stuff by. It's like, I mean, it's easy to paint the left and the right as being totally different and they're so opposed but I think it's easy to read them as the same too and be like these are just two groups who really want to control people and tell people what to do and I'm kind of like look I don't want to tell people what to do and I think liberal used to mean that like liberal like let people do what they want to do but now liberal means like if you do not get on board with, you know, all the things people can and can't do, then you're out of here. And that's the same thing that the right is doing. And so I'm like, I don't see how this is different. It's an interesting point. I feel like we're at like, because we're in the middle, you know how they say like the left and right have switched, you know, the slavery, the the, quote unquote, the Republicans ended slavery. Lincoln was a Republican. Now it's like somehow reversed or whatever. But we're at this weird, we are at like another, like what you were just saying, like it's almost like an inflection point that we're at where conservative and liberal vestiges, or it may be the new conservative and the old liberal actually could come together on that point because the liberals, the progressive liberals used to be those people. They were the ones who were like the black helicopters you know what I mean? Like the liberals, the progressives were kind of the conspiracy theorists and were like, hey, government's too much. Hey, leave us alone. Let people live, live and let live kind of thing, kind of vibe. That was the liberal 
kind of motto almost. And now you have the conservatives who have been for limited government, but they've always had some weird moral sentiments that affected their execution. But the tides have changed, tides have turned or something, whatever it is, to a point where the old school liberals, if they have any of that left in them, that's like, hey, leave, let people do their own thing. And now you have the this faction of conservatism that's bordering on that, like, hey, hey, leave everybody alone. You're, hey, government, you have a heavy hand, and that's not what conservatism's about. Leave me alone. Now you have these two groups that are pretty far away from each other on the political chart and theory now actually moving closer, kind of like we were talking about in that political chart. Is that always averaged out? How does that actually work? Well, maybe it'll change soon because we're at this weird point. Right. It's kind of like the duopoly thing I was saying earlier. You know, it's like they're almost converging. Like it's easy to see how Coke and Pepsi are different, but it's actually the differences are very fringe. In most ways, they're the same. They're both two large, you know, corporations trying to sell people soft drinks. And, you know, one's red and one's blue and maybe they taste different. I'm not even sure. Uh, so it's like the differences are so tiny. And that's what I feel like about the you know, left and right these days, like our political party differences are actually very minuscule. Like in most things, they're the same. Both are advocating for a lot of government control. Both are advocating for a lot of the same things. Yeah, everyone on the political chart is right there towards the top, right there authoritarian, left, left or right. Right. Yeah. Like, and people have made that point. It's like the American political spectrum is just a tiny swath of like the total political spectrum. If you think about the world or all of history, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I was going to say, too, I think that you were talking about this party that you were like re reductionist. Party. Like, let's like, just, let's, un let's just like roll back, things. Let's know? just let's just try to undo some of the the. I think the problem is too much of this BS and, and adding right, more BS is not going to, to, to add more contradictions is not going to help. Let's just legislation right. should say something like this code point one five nine AB is now null and void. It's been found to be whatever. Blah, blah, blah. We're replacing right. it or updating something it along those or, lines. Yeah, removing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally could see that. I don't know if that's feasible, but I do see that's, I think, kind of the two directions I could see things going in a productive way. And I think there may be the only two ways forward. Uh, that's a bold claim. But I think it's like we either have to decomplexify our current system because like political gridlock and societal gridlock is really coming to a head. I feel like it's really difficult to get things done politically today. It's really difficult to do things as a citizen, to involve yourself in your government. There's so many barriers to entry, so many rules and regulations, and it's a headache. And so I think either we have to roll things back and revert back to principles, or we have to have a reboot of some sort. Like we have to get rid of this and erect something new and hopefully it'll draw from the best of all of our former, you know, experiments and governments. But I don't know. It sounded earlier like you were saying that's kind of like a, a risky scenario. And I agree. I do not want to see it happen that way. I would like that is risky. Yeah. I think I would like to have things I think it'd be best to fix things within the current paradigm. Yes, agreed. And I think if and change it enough that the paradigm actually shifts at a certain, at a tipping point and that that transition be smooth enough because right now I like to, I always like to say this and my podcasty friend, Monica Perez, I don't know, it's maybe her thought 
originally, I don't know, but we both are on to this, that we have a national debt of trillions and tens of trillions of dollars. I don't know what it is now. It's like 40 trillion yet. I mean, it's something ungodly. It is, it is a number so high that every person counting on the face of the planet at one time would never get there. There's just, it's, you can't, it doesn't seem fixable within the current paradigm. And so what that's going to lead to is a major financial, financial system shift. And we're seeing that the beginnings of that with CBDCs and cryptos and NFCs or T's or whatever they're called, and all of this kind of digitization of the money supply. It seems this problem that we find ourselves in, which is an, a tremendous problem, can't it, it literally can't be fixed within the current financial paradigm. And it, that seems so terrifying. It would be so much better, in my opinion, and I think I'm right, obviously. It would have, now I think it's impossible, but it would have been better to fix it, base it on something more real, more tangible, because it came from a place that made sense. It's not, I'm not, it came from almost a natural place in a way. Not that I think that there's like a, the naturalistic fallacy or whatever that like, just because something's natural doesn't mean it's good, whatever. But I think that that's the fallacy is a fallacy in a sense that there are, there is, we talked about this last time too. There's something about the natural evolution of things that since it follows a logic and you may say the CBDCs, the crypto is a natural evolution, but it's not, you shouldn't have this much debt, 20 trillion, $40 trillion in debt. That's too much. You got, you done, you done effed up. Well, I could say that that's not a natural evolution maybe, but you could, I mean, you could have those two things be parsimonious. Like crypto could be a natural evolution of money and the national debt being, you know, so high is not natural to have. Right. You, what, what is to stop you from, <laughs> what's to stop you from the same. Right. Doing the same thing with crypto. Sure. So you're saying if we, if this all is like, we're trying to get to this new financial system to rectify these problems in this current one that are never going to be solved. It's like, well, what's going to prevent us from making this exact same mistake in the new financial paradigm? Right. Or as we re, as we rejigger the whole thing into this new financial system, how traumatizing that's going to be and how much risk is associated with that. Right. Well, suffice to say, violence is almost always, if not always, violent. Or so, suffice to say, revolution wow. is always, if not always, violent. Uh, violence is always revolution. That's not true. Right. So, <laughs> and so, but my, well, so my point is that the possibility of having a whole totally new system. I think that is the the desire of many of the elite world shapers is to have this new system. Because the opportunity to grab up a lot of the pieces is palpable at that point for some of these people. If you're positioning yourself right. Sure. Tear it down and come up and swoop in and take the leadership position, take the resources. Yeah, whatever. I mean. Like the green revolution, you know, tear down this this other fossil fuel thing, rebuild. And then there's going to be people at the head, the forefront of that, that are going to rake in all of the benefit. Right. Are you taking it down because you actually want to make it better for everyone or so you can be king? War, institute your world vision, whatever. Yeah. So right. I think that doing that in our political system, what, what does that require? I mean, it basically requires, and this was a risk back when I was talking about these parties coming up and all this, a lot of people were talking about a constitutional convention, basically a rewrite, a redo of the constitution. And I can guarantee to you this 
if that happens, that constitution, that first of all, I think there'll be a civil war. The country may break into pieces. But if that happens, the constitution that is developed will be more restrictive and give government more power and the people less freedom than the current one. That is a guarantee. Well, interesting. Well, I, okay, I have to cut you off there because I have to go to a meeting that starts right now. So this will have to be the end. I think my concluding thought is the only one I can even think of off the top of my head is that perhaps conspiracies and their existence is the conspiracy.